girlfriends welcome to another episode of girlfriends and goals we're your hosts miosha and samaria this podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships life goals a little bit of pop culture and all things womanhood on today's episode we are discussing you ask for it culture so it's this idea that if you dress a certain way and get disrespected or assaulted, you asked for it. So we definitely have a good episode in store today. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and write a review. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and give this video a thumbs up. All right, so during our break, our little like summer podcast break, there was a <laughs> video that went pretty viral on like Twitter for sure, but I think on Instagram too. Mm-hmm. And it was of this panel of rappers and social media personalities. And one of the people on the panel is like a lady rapper, I believe, mm-hmm. but she's definitely like a social media personality. And her brand is like sexuality. Mm-hmm. And one of the men on the panel in front of all the people was like, physically trying to kiss her and you could tell like she was rejecting his advances she wasn't welcoming them at all but he did this in front of all the people and then maybe a week or so later I saw another video of a podcast she was on and this time it was her another lady and then one man and Mm -hmm. the guy kept on like making these advances towards her verbally this time so not physically but when she kind of shied away from them his reaction was, oh no, you always talking about this, so let's talk about it. And so it just kind of reminded me of the culture growing up as a woman where you hear, oh, well, what was she wearing? Or, you know, why was she in this space with this person? Or she was asking for it. And so I figured we would talk about it. So did you see either of those videos or hear about them? And then what were your thoughts Yeah, I did see both. And correct me if I'm wrong, in the first situation where they're on this panel, it's a bunch of guys and the one guy in particular is pushing up on her physically. Didn't he actually kiss her? I I don't remember. Uh, Okay. I felt like like she kept blocking it. So I didn't really like see it, but that was definitely what he was going in for. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought that he landed a kiss. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, the first thing I thought was ill- Because her energy just was not giving that. And I was also thinking, why would you want to continue to push up on someone when they're not reciprocating? That doesn't seem like an enjoyable experience for either party. (laughs) Uh, So I was also thinking like, "Mm, was alcohol involved? Like what was giving him the courage? And then also there were other people very close by sitting next yes, observing <laughs> yes and I was like okay is anyone gonna step up say something save her she clearly feels uncomfortable they all start laughing at a certain point in time but it also reminded me of a situation I was in years ago where mm-hmm. this guy was coming on to my friend just doing the most trying to hold her hand get all cuddly with her and they had just met And I remember being like, okay, like you can stop now. She's not that interested. Like she's interested a little bit, but not to that point. Mm -hmm. And 
it made me feel like, okay, if I'm ever in a situation like that, if you see me, you know, curling in and not having the courage to say something, because I may feel like, oh, this could go left or Mm -hmm. who's going to have my back. I'd hope whoever's around would at least say something. Yes. Okay. She's not interested in that way. Can you cut it out? Something, say something, do something. That and that that's the thing that people try to always point to. Well, why wasn't something said in those types of situations? Like it is overwhelming. You don't know what to say. You almost like lose your entire voice, right? For yeah, something. you're stuck. You're just like, is this like, really is this happening? happening? And yeah. a lot of times as women, we just maybe try to laugh it off, like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like looking to your friends, like, get me out of here. <laughs> yes, I saw something online that um I think this this lady's father told her, "Hey, if anybody makes um inappropriate question uh inappropriate questions, inappropriate comments to you, mm-hmm. stare at them with a straight face and be like, what what is your intention with that statement? Or mm-hmm. what does that even mean?" You know, because a lot of times we do laugh it off like, <laughs> you know, but it ain't nothing funny and I think part of that too is to de-escalate the situation because if you're thinking okay if you're bold enough to do this what else are you willing to do Mm -hmm. in broad daylight out in public Mm -hmm. all these bystanders are doing nothing so I know for me and when I've been on the receiving end of attention that's not warranted I'm always thinking okay if I don't respond in a certain way how could this go left Mm -hmm. and I shouldn't it should not be that. Yes. And you you see like women who reject men's advances, like from catcalling, which is something that we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. uh, and you hear these horror stories where a woman might have said no, like actually found her voice, said no. And then these men react in such violent ways. Yeah. How um, dare you? Right. How dare you say <laughs> no to me? Excuse me? Like, who yeah. are you? So yeah. what are your what were your thoughts on the video? Those were pretty much my thoughts as well. Um, And I think one of the messages that it sends when uh, you're a woman, whatever your brand is, and you're in a situation where you don't want to act that way, it Mm -hmm. seems like society or whoever is around is trying to put you into that box. Like, oh, you've presented one way, so that's all you can ever be now. And I think that that's really unfair. So like, if this young lady were to go to a brunch, she might not want to put on her social media persona at the brunch. She might just be mm-hmm. wanting to sit there and have a meal like the rest of us. And she should be allowed to do that because none of us is just one thing. Even if she prevent, presents that way on stage or on social media or on whatever platform, she still reserves the right to be like, hey, I don't want to do that today. You know, yeah. you could be you could be the friend who's like always on the dance floor, right? And maybe that's expected of you. But if one day you feel like, no, I'm gonna sit down in my chair and just relax, you reserve Mm -hmm. every right to do that. So I don't like the assumption that just because you've acted one way in one scenario, now you have to be that way all the time. Yeah, another message I feel like it sends is that when people do wrong, clearly, it's still your fault. You must have done something to warrant this. It's this idea that people can't just have bad behavior on their own. They Mm -hmm. must have been provoked or pushed to do it, encouraged to do it. 
uh, and I've seen it in other instances where people get out of pocket or out of character. It's like, oh, well, you must have done something. You must have said something. It's like, you're, it's already your fault, even though you're the victim just by Mm -hmm. being there. Yeah. Also, (laughs) like, people feel like they don't have to treat you with respect because of whatever online persona or in her case, whatever online persona, but it's like, I don't care how she acts. You still have to treat her like a human being. You know what I'm saying? Like if you feel like, Oh, well, I don't have to treat someone well because they did something on a platform that has nothing to do with me. Didn't involve me at all. Like, so I don't have to treat you like a human. It's like, relax you know you still have to show some sort of human decency to another person and so Mm -hmm. I I didn't I didn't like the uh, the way that she was just objectified in that situation when she really was just sitting there chilling doing nothing you know I wonder if women in the other like adult uh, entertainment spaces experience Mm -hmm. the same thing Mm -hmm. like I guess the more professional uh, adult artists (laughs) versus the OnlyFans or social media ones like I wonder if the women who are making the professional films I don't know how you would call it are being treated the same way when they're just living their lives out in public question I if I had to bet I don't know because people are ridiculous reckless (laughs) yeah yes So there was a tweet in response to all of this that was going on around that time. And I wanted to read it and just get your response because I think it touches on a few different things. Mm-hmm. So the tweet says, listen, it doesn't matter how raunchy or sexually explicit someone is, they can still say no and stop. Suki, that's the young, la- young lady's name, did not consent to his advances and was visibly uncomfortable. I hope someone intervened because all I see is sexual harassment. Agreed. <laughs> I yeah. I 100% mm-hmm. agree in yeah. that we reserve the right of refusal at mm-hmm. any point in time, no matter how you show up dressed outside. I will say though, I think, some of the messaging around, oh, well, you did this on X platform or you dress this way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even Amber Rose has tried to address this with her slut walk Mm -hmm. that she has every year uh, where there's this idea of like, oh, well, if you show up a certain way or act a certain way, then you, I don't, maybe not deserve it, but girl, you should see it coming. Mm. Like, what do you expect? I think that comes sometimes from a place of, maybe trying to protect women given that we live in a flawed world I don't know interesting yeah I do want to talk about that a little bit because Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of that type of rhetoric I think come from previous generations Mm. and I think it's something that needs to be discussed right like I I watch a lot of Lifetime (laughs) or I don't want to say Lifetime itself but like Lifetime type movies Mm -hmm. and so there is always a sense of not panic but vigilance Mm. (laughs) that that I feel like I, I have to move around with just because of that but there has to be a better way of communicating um hey people are predators out here so 
you know, they should not do this to you and make sure you have this in place to protect yourself in case a predator does what a predator does. Uh, there has to be a way to communicate that versus, oh, well, you you wore shorts, so you deserved it. Or, you know, you wore this, so you asked for it. And it's like, I was talking to a friend not too long ago, and we're even talking about his provocative clothing. It's like, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just summertime and it's hot and you don't want to be <laughs> like sweating in long pants and long shirts and whatever so and what's provocative to one person may not be to another you you don't know what will set a specific person off when you're moving about your life and that it could be a right that sundress you wore could be what does it for a person and now all of a sudden you can't wear your sundresses anymore speaking of sundresses when i found out that that was something that like I guess men go crazy for I'm like a sundress because that's just typical. What are we supposed to be out here in in the I summer? Mean, if I can't wear a sundress that a lot of times like goes from you know my shoulders to my my ankles without people gawking or sexualizing like what what am I supposed to wear but also that rhetoric is severely flawed because even in societies where women are dressed modestly are completely covered up there's still sexual harassment there's still sexual assault there's still rape yeah. you know so and I think it absolves the predators mm -hmm. uh of their behavior from the gate Mm -hmm. And I think okay. that inadvertently can encourage them to continue this type of behavior because they see the way society responds mm -hmm. when something does happen or just within your own family where it's like, okay, well, you must have been faster, you know, asking for and I just need people to stop calling young girls fast. Like, what What even is that? <laughs> and what? there are levels to it where what may be seen as fast for some, like, I don't know, growing up, like I see little girls now, you know, they can wear their little nail polish and stuff. Back mm -hmm. in my day, I couldn't wear red. Really? <laughs> nail polish or whatever, just because, you know, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's something that older girls wear. Grown whatever. Women. Yeah, grown <laughs> women. Uh, so yeah. even that changes with time. Also putting um <laughs> putting color in your hair. Like, you know, mm -hmm. girls now, like the other day I was at a park and I saw a young girl with like blue, blue hair mixed in her braids. And I was like, oh, like that just gave my heart so much joy that she was able to express herself in that way. Because yeah, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, why, why is she dressed all grown? Why does she have color mm -hmm. in her hair? Like, baby, blue makes you grow. <laughs> and what do you think? is going to happen as a result of that. Well, whatever it is that you think, they're the problem. I can remember growing up, uh, I was a teenager, probably just starting to drive, probably 15, 16, mm -hmm. in my gym clothes, uh, but like shorts to my knees, regular mm -hmm. gym shirt, stopping yeah. to get gas after school and still getting attention, people talking to me, not wanting to be bothered. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I feel like when I'm in my gym clothes looking a mess is when I get the most attention. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't even know that it matters, but yeah. I understand it to a certain extent in that, okay, yeah, the world is a crazy place. So maybe you're trying to limit uh, the chances mm -hmm. of something. 
something happening. Um, but I don't even know that that works. So yeah, there there has to be a, a a way. There's like a fine line. And I think if there are discussions that are being had with young girls, uh, it shouldn't be like, oh, well, you it shouldn't be like policing them. It should be making them aware of the world that we live in. So, hey, there are certain men who are out here who specifically target people mm-hmm. in this age range or whatever. And so just be mindful of how you might present yourself. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know how, what the verbiage is, but I think it should more so be centered on the people who are the problem as opposed to you policing. If anything, just like be mindful of, and if any older men are showing you certain attention, like make sure you Mm -hmm. comment on that. You tell someone who you know and respect and who has your back, you know? (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know what the conversation looks like, but it definitely needs to be changed. Do you have an idea about, I guess, ways we can combat the way the previous generations have conditioned society or what that conversation could look like? You know, I I think it takes confronting the older generation. <laughs> I do. Shame. <laughs> yeah, like when when they make these comments about what was she wearing or why would you be in a room with this person? I think it takes those of us who now know better mm-hmm. saying, well, it doesn't matter what she was wearing because he would have done that anyway. And there are cases mm-hmm. where, you know, people are all covered up and this still happens. So I think you're worried about the wrong thing. Like we need to confront anybody who uses that type of rhetoric. And you see it online all the time, but I think people don't take it seriously when it's done online because everybody's always arguing about everything, but definitely like in real life situations. So if I hear someone in my family or in my friend group saying something off the cuff, I might be like, mm, well, let's, 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 let's sit with that for a second. Let's think about what you're saying there or what you're implying there. Mm-hmm. I think it really does take being bold enough with the people in your social circle um, to like just confront them. Confront them and I'd add, tell them that they're contributing to the problem. <laughs> like you're, you may not be yeah. telling this person to do X, Y, Z, but by absolving them mm-hmm. of full responsibility, yes, you're not helping. Mm-hmm. Cool. So- yeah. Who's, who's getting the talking to? Like, why are you spending so much time talking to this person who was a victim of that as opposed to, like, why are you now on your way to the police station to report this person? <laughs> like, what? If you want to see some action, if you have a whole lot to say, that's what you should be having a whole lot to say about. Not- yeah. Where's your energy going? Exactly. To the victim. Exactly. So we talked about older generations, and I want to ask you, mm-hmm. um, Have you ever heard where when situations like this happen, where um, people will say things like, oh, well, the man is acting this way because of how he was raised? Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think I don't think that that's always the case. I think sometimes a household might raise a person a certain way and depending on the age or maturity of the person, they might be influenced by society. So Mm. I I think about like, there are a lot of men who support 
a certain vlogger who has since passed away mm-hmm. <laughs> and they like really uh, adopted his rhetoric and all of that. I'm pretty sure if they had a conversation with their parents, their parents wouldn't see things that way. Mm-hmm. So I think they get into society and want to impress their homeboys <laughs> more, you know, like that, that's who they feel like is the judge and jury uh, is like their, their friends. So mm-hmm. I think that is where that behavior comes in. So I don't think it's always, sometimes it is the home now. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sometimes you might meet a family member or two and be like, oh, that's, that's, that's why you mm-hmm. think the way that you do. But I, I think it's probably more so the world that they live in and who they're influenced by. What do you think? I think it's just another way of shifting the blame. Mm. And unfortunately, it ends up back on women. Yeah. Oh, well, you must be this way because your mom Mm -hmm. did X, Y, Z, even though this person is 35. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. But it's just another way of shifting the blame. Yeah. And in situations like that, it's hard for them to grow because there's no full accountability there. Mm -hmm. There's no push for real change because it's the mom's fault it's what she wore it's because the sky is blue like yeah (laughs) it's the society we live in it's just another excuse and I was raised to believe that excuses are nothing but lies so (laughs) what was that that quote excuses are tools of being competent or something all the athletes in high school used to (laughs) used to say and quote that quote uh it might have been Mm. I don't think it was a coach carter quote but yeah, it was one of those like quotes that all the athletes used to know and say all that. That's another excuse. Yeah. Who do you feel like is really perpetuating this way of thinking in society? Everyone. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Other men. I see tons of women. And you mentioned older generation, but I see it with us too. Even mm. just the way this whole Meg the Stallion, Tory Lanez thing oh shaking out. God. I mean, at this point, we, we I feel like we're at the finale where he's been sentenced. It's mm-hmm. still her fault. You know, he shouldn't have got as much time. Just, yeah, everyone. It's this bad. Anyway. <laughs> and I I think the the more that men see that women are divided on issues like this it encourages them to become more bold about either not stepping up and supporting other women or you know calling out the bad behavior so yeah there's this comedian uh it's mel mitch and she does like parody for this type of stuff so when his sentencing happened she actually did a skit on it and she's like this is how you guys sound and she started with a woman and she was like, yeah, um, they're trying to bring the men down. Society is really doing an injustice right now. It's like, even though he, you know, uh, shot an unregistered firearm and actually harmed uh, another human being and could have killed her, y'all are the ones who were bugging because why would he get 10 years? And from what I've seen, 10 years is actually not as bad as it, it could have been <laughs> considering- in New York and California, they have the strictest gun laws. So I don't know what he thought or anyone else thought was going to happen. <laughs> Girl, why, why are they still surprised? 
And then the fact that here's the thing, because he could have made this a lot better by, you know, just either admitting guilt or apologizing. Like this wasn't something where, you know, Meg even wanted to come out with it, Mm -hmm. considering the climate at the time. And so he really created a platform on doing what he did instead of just owning up to his mistakes and and being accountable. And who was in the trenches with him? Women. (laughs) That's why I say everyone perpetuates it. Old, young, women, men. We'll leave the kids out of it, but. (laughs) We'll leave the kids out of it. No, but you do have to be mindful of like just what these young people are consuming online because you see so much of this rhetoric being spewed and you want to make sure like they have, they're on the straight and narrow and not just out here eating, consuming everything that they see. So I think for me, I, I felt like for the most part, it was men in general uh, and then I see a lot with older women. And so this is where Mm. I think the conversation around trying to be protective versus being damaging comes in. And that's with older women. I think when they say stuff like, well, how could that not happen to her when she was dressed like that? With some of them, I don't think there's malice behind it, but that Mm -hmm. statement in and of itself is a malicious statement to make. You know, Uh, so I just wish that in their case, they would rephrase how those sentiments are expressed. It could be just like, hey, I know that people pray when they see, you know, people dressed a certain way. It should not be like this. So just Mm -hmm. mindful of, you know, if you're wearing this, that you're in a group of girls or you're not walking by yourself because... Mm -hmm again predators there has to be a way to communicate this and i think older generations haven't i don't it's not that i think they haven't grasped the right way i think they're not even looking to grasp it Mm-mm. differently i think they i don't just, think they see it as a problem yes i think they've just accepted the patriarchy <laughs> i i hate to say that but it, it is what it is i think they just have accepted it and feel like, oh, we need to pass it, pass it down to, mm-hmm. you know, the next generation. I don't think they've taken the time to critically think through. And this isn't everybody. So I know I'm talking in generalizations, but obviously mm-hmm. there are some people who have done the work and who are doing their job with making society less harmful. But I think, yeah, I think o- older women just need to find better ways of the whole protective thing. Mm. Do you think that for some of them, um, even though they may be, maybe they aren't as cognizant of it, but that is a way of kind of protecting the patriarchy a bit by keeping younger women in line? Yeah, it, it for some, it could be a, a thing where, <laughs> well, I had to go through this and experience this. So it, it's your turn. Yeah. Like you have these, we have more, I guess, liberties and freedoms, Mm -hmm. but they may see it the way that men are reacting as a consequence Mm -hmm. of that and not like, no, this has always been going on. Yeah. It's just now we have platforms to talk about it. I I remember I was at a certain job and there were these women talking and they had both had 
you know, babies young. Mm -hmm. And I remember them saying, at least we were ashamed, but we did ours. The people now ain't even ashamed. Like, man, you did the same thing. <laughs> you did the same thing. Why are you judging? <laughs> Girl, they be forgetting selective uh, amnesia. Right. Like, yeah, I know I, I did it three, four times, but I felt shame. Now she had her one baby, but she doesn't feel shame. That's far worse than what it's like. Are you trying to make yourself feel better, feel superior? What? What are you getting at? right now please I think it is a bit to feel better yeah about the decisions that they've made or just I guess addressing the differences in time mm -hmm. in that they've maybe felt shame because they didn't have a choice mm -hmm. you mentioned the whole like oh having a baby maybe not being married and being young mm -hmm. nowadays it's like okay well she's 18 having her baby we'll throw her a baby shower keep it moving versus <laughs> in their day you know, there was this idea of like, no, girl, you're going to go sit down, eat your food, have your baby, and then you can arise, <laughs> you yeah. know, when it's all said and done. You're not going to be celebrated, mm -hmm. in that, you know, in the same way. Yeah. So I think part of it is them not having a choice. Mm -hmm. You absorb the shame because back then there was nothing to celebrate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I just thought it was so funny. I was like, should I be hearing this conversation as, as a young woman? Am I invited to this talk? Uh, but I was, I was so young. I mean, I didn't say anything. I just heard, overheard it and kept it pushing. Uh, it's not like I was going to make a difference in the thinking. What do they call that? Uh, revisionist history. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so now that we're the adults, <laughs> mm -hmm. I do want to ask how you feel like we can make some type of difference because I would just hate for the next generation or generations to feel like this has to be the same or to be feeling mm -hmm. the same ways that we're feeling about it, to be constantly policed. I mean, they are going to, they will interact with older generations who might be perpetuating this at mm -hmm. some point in their lives. So it's not like it's completely done. But what are the ways that we can work to improve it for the next generation? One way I could think of for me is mm -hmm. something that was instilled in me was just teaching them to focus on themselves and self-control. Yeah. Because a lot of this could just be avoided if you focused on yourself, your behavior, doing the right thing, and then everything else is whatever. Uh, and so my mom, you know, she's from the older generation, but one thing she always taught me was in every situation, focus on your behavior, how you're contributing to it. What are you doing? Yeah. Because I think about this situation where if he had been focused on himself, even the man, uh, the situation where it was the interview, it was just verbally uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If he had focused on his own behavior and doing the right thing, this would have prevented all of it. So I would teach the younger generations to focus on your behavior yeah. and what you can control. And if you notice that someone's uncomfortable, adjust, read the room. It's very simple. I wouldn't even focus <laughs> on the other people and what they're doing or not doing. And you can take that and apply it to other areas of your life. Just focus on you. People don't even be read reading the room no more. The room just be there not being read all the time. <laughs> Cameras everywhere. And I think for our generation, um, 
because I don't are we the social media generation? I don't know we started with MySpace, then we got to Facebook. Now I, we're I don't know. Mia, I, I don't know, know what generation we are anymore. <laughs> I think for our parents, you know, they didn't maybe didn't think as much up front to tell us about be careful what you put on the internet and when you're out in public versus now there are literally cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nothing you do or say really is private. Even us on Zoom right now, it's not private. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I would teach that very early on that even within your own home, if you're recording yourself, you're in the public. Yeah, I feel like there's so many things. So I think one transition that I would like to make from the previous generations and now is um, it seems like the messaging previously was toward young girls. Mm. And I think, oh, I would, yeah, I think I would have discussions with both young boys and young girls for a few reasons. One, young boys get assaulted as well. And that mm. isn't talked about enough, right? So I think the messaging needs to go to both. I think, um, just like you said, focusing on yourself. So just teaching them like, hey, it's not okay to infringe on other space. It's not okay to touch other people's things, touch other people's bodies. That's not okay. It's also not okay for you to let other people touch your body, you know, or let them touch your thing. So just teaching them what boundaries look mm-hmm. like. And then if we are going to preach protection like oh watch what you wear watch what you say watch what you do make sure that it's to both of them I think boys just because a lot of this does happen from men to women Mm -hmm. um, I think boys need an extra talk of listen consent is a thing (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you and and respect is a thing I don't care what someone is wearing, I don't care what someone is doing, if they have not invited you into that space to do that with them, consider yourself uninvited. And even if they did invite you, they can uninvite you. Exactly. (laughs) If at any point after they've invited you, they're like, you've overstayed your welcome, get out of there. (laughs) Like it's not, it, it, people can change their minds at any time and they have that right. Nobody owes you anything really especially when it comes to like their own like body like Mm -hmm. they don't owe you anything yeah I'm glad you brought up boundaries because it made me think about how um it'll be helpful for us to teach about boundaries and enforce them even within our own homes and Mm -hmm. families because I think we think about boundaries in terms of strangers and outside forces but if your children once they have a sense of their own autonomy within the world, if they don't have any wiggle room or say in some of the boundaries, even when they're very young, I don't know. I think that kind of sometimes sets a precedence for them to lack them later in life. Like you might feel like, oh, well, you're a child and you don't get to set boundaries, obviously within reason, right? But (laughs) I don't know, there has to be a way to start teaching that younger so that it isn't a free for all. Because I feel like as adults, that's something I see many of us struggling with. Mm -hmm. But then I think back to childhood and it's like, well, you don't get to set boundaries and or people you can, but people could just push over them because they're adults and they're family. And then 
we're out here fighting for our lives. I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I realized um, very recently that a view of me that one of my family members had, like, I think, I think this person views me um, as a, a pushover mm. or as someone who, you know, would allow others to like, take advantage. And, you know, my friends know that that's not Mm-hmm. really me right like my colleagues you know like they they all know like mm, I don't I don't really see that side of you and I was like why does this person think that I would do that like why does this person mm-hmm. think that I would allow and like, it's it's because I've probably allowed my family to do that to me you know like it's been a thing that they are used to mm-hmm. and so they probably assume that I'm like that in all other settings and it's like that that's not really the case I was uh, talking to one of my nieces I have several of them love them mm-hmm. all <laughs> but uh the youngest one and she was just like no no like just like screaming no and I was like don't say no to adults like that and as soon as I said it, I was like well actually mm-hmm. do say no to adults like hold on we have to break this down I had to go back and correct the whole thing of like hey, I'm your aunt, I'm telling you to do this specific thing because mm-hmm. it's actually going to prevent you from getting hurt. Like, I would rather break it down and have a whole conversation mm-hmm. than leave it hanging with, don't tell adults no. <laughs> because- Imagine how many young people, yes. little people, that's all they heard. Mm-hmm. You don't tell adults no. You can't push back. Yes. Yeah. And wonder why they grow up never pushing back. Yeah. <laughs> like, Anyway, uh, did you want to briefly talk about that cat calling? Because mm-hmm. I've seen things where people are like, oh, well, it's a compliment. Uh, it's a compliment to be cat called. They think you're cute. They're saying that you look nice. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I think that there's levels to cat calling, okay. none of which I'm ever interested in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll ever give my number out when someone has cat called me or... Yeah it has ever led to anything but I will say there are levels where you get cat call you laugh because maybe what they said was funny or you know like oh shawty you looking cute or whatever <laughs> but then there's others where it's just too much and you're like uh-oh I'm uncomfortable yeah. and so I don't ever think it's good but I don't know if I put it all in one bucket like there have been times where I've just laughed it off and they kept it moving and others where now you're calling me names because I wasn't accepting you whistling at me I I feel like abolish it all abolish cat calling because it's just Mm -hmm. another instance where um I guess we're supposed to believe that our bodies or our outward appearance is for men's consumption you, you know? should just be like, happy with what you're right doing. you should be happy that they're looking at you and it's like I didn't sign up to be objectified I didn't wear this cute outfit honestly nine times out of ten when I wear a cute outfit it's for me it's so that when I walk by a mirror I can look at myself and be like oh we look cute today and then the other one um one out of ten time it is maybe for my friends to see and be like, oh girl, you look cute. Or we can be mm-hmm. cute together. Like it's it's pretty much never for, ooh, the, the construction workers on the side of the street are gonna love this. Like it's, it's never that. The men at the gas station, he's gonna lose his mind. Like it's never that, ever. And so. even if you weren't, like I could remember us being in college downtown, 
Oh, Lord. The cat calling, relentless, just in our regular basic clothes, book bags, you know. Sir, I got 10 minutes to get from this building to the next. Get out my way. Disheveled. Get out my way. It is cold out here. You see this wind blowing me away? If you don't move, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. But yeah, hopefully like, you know, these types of conversations, I I know they're happening more, but I just wish we could all get on one page, which is too much to ask, of course, but I wish we could all get on one page and just protect, protect each other from violent acts um, in public and in private. Agreed. (laughs) All right. So we are going to end this episode with our segment, Girlfriend Check-In. And that's where we ask each other a question and just check in. We either get the question from the internet or a conversation starter game. And today it came from a parade.com question Mm -hmm. list. I think it's like deep questions that you want to ask someone you want to get to know better. I made that title way longer than it actually is, but it's something like that. (laughs) And the question is, looking back on your life, what have you done that has given you the most satisfaction? This is a tough question because I don't know if either of my answers is the most. Yeah. I would change it to a lot of satisfaction. And so one of them is locking my hair. Yeah, like I've had my locks for I feel like 13 years at this point-ish, yeah. a little over 13 years. And it's one of the best decisions I've ever could have made as far as something on me physically. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started my locks, I got a lot of pushback. Um, so maybe that's also why I feel this sense of, wow. um, I don't know, maybe not accomplishment, but just Mm-hmm. things have really worked out in my favor uh won't go into why they were telling me not to lock my hair but I'm so glad I didn't listen uh <laughs> but yeah it was it's been a good journey um and then the other thing mm-hmm. is something where I feel like I also got mixed messaging on early was paying off my student loans you know you go to college and you do what you have to do to pay for it and make it happen. And I feel like the millennial generation was kind of like the first big student loan generation of kids. Um, and so I think a lot- expected us to get them or like it was so common. Through college, mm-hmm. by any means necessary, there was definitely an increase in the cost of education. Um, I would say like in the nineties, early 2000s. And so, yeah, many of us just did what we needed to do. But I feel like early on- I heard a lot of like, oh, well, you'll just have your student loans for forever or don't worry about paying them off, just pay the minimum payment. Hmm. And so that was kind of my thought process for a while until I realized like, wow, this is really going to affect bigger life decisions that I'm able to do or not do. And so just the weight that was lifted once I put that behind me Mm -hmm. has felt amazing. So yeah, those are the two things I could think of. Maybe not the most satisfaction, but a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to be such a Samaria answer, but one of the things that's given me a lot of satisfaction is just investing in my people, Mm. you know, like creating this community around me. So like, if you have one friend, you can't talk about everything with just one person, in my opinion. And so Mm -hmm. I think I've done a good job of creating a solid community Mm -hmm. where I 
rarely feel lonely. Mm. You know, like I don't ever feel like I'm doing this life thing alone because mm-hmm. there's someone who I can talk to for every situation. Um, someone who has my back 100%, you know, who loves me and would give me advice that even if it doesn't work out for me, or even if I don't take it, like I know their intentions were good. So I think that's probably the most satisfying thing that I've, I've done in my life. Yeah. And And I feel like you can always tell when people have invested in their community when like either big things happen, you know, good, bad, and different. You can kind of see like, how has that person invested their time and energy? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like education is great. All right. I, I have maybe too much education at this point, but at the end of the day, all you'll have is your people, your community. Mm-hmm. So, what else will you have to show for that time? Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. your education can only like, you can accomplish a lot with education. Obviously I didn't just do it for the heck of it, mm-hmm. but I think people would be the the most important investment like to do life with I'd agree with that yeah Yeah. all right well thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the girlfriends and goals podcast make sure you follow us on instagram at girlfriends and goals podcast to share your thoughts on this topic or if you're watching on youtube put it in the comments below if you haven't subscribed already please go ahead and do that now and don't forget to rate review and share until next time bye bye Oh, 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 oh,